Another episode of TVP's On Rampant with D. I have no clue what number episode this is. I think it's like 10 or 11. I'm not too sure anymore. It's been a while since I got one out. I think it was like a month. But, this is a very special, special episode here mm-hmm. today. Um, and I'll let this man introduce himself in just just a little bit. But if you're tuning in to On Rampant with D for the very first time, I want you to let you know what the origin of the show was and why I made this show is because mass adoption is our network's push. We want for everyone in the world to be using cryptocurrency because why? It's just better. But uh, one day I was having shower thoughts and I thought to myself, what is the psyche of the person who doesn't really care to be as in-depth with cryptocurrency as we are, but the world is changing around them, right? So, like, think if you fast, if you rewind time back to a time when bikes were just starting to get popular, right? And people were still riding horses. What was the psyche of the person who was kind of interested in the bike, but still was fully committed to the horse? Like, what, what was that transition like? So then, on ramping with D is a show where I attempt to on ramp someone to try to kind of alleviate any of the fuzziness and their knowledge with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and blockchain and all of these things that this has evolved into. So, you guys know me, I'm host number two, but I would like for this man across from me, this is a live interview, I'm sitting right across from this man, to go ahead and introduce himself. Uh, hello everybody, my name is Nathaniel Ferguson, um, most people around here just call me Nate Ferguson. I am Demetric Ferguson's older brother, and um, I guess I could say I'm kind of the recent beneficiary of some of this uh, information that he sends out over the over the airwaves, so I'm live and ready to do an interview and ready to answer and ask questions that I've been kind of thinking about. Cool. So, how long have you been hearing about cryptocurrency? <laughs> from me specifically uh ooh. well it's dominated a lot a lot of conversation that's all I'll say <laughs> yeah, to put it at least like I can pretty much count that this guy will lead you into the direction of what Bitcoin is all about and how it can strengthen your portfolio and cyber currency and blah 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 there's <laughs> Stuff that's just non-stop flowing out, so, um, yeah, I hope that answers that question. Do you remember, like, the very first time I presented this to you in your apartment? Ooh. No, I mean, I had heard about it maybe a year before you mentioned it from um, a friend of mine whose, co- whose cousin was talking about it on a float trip once. And I had no idea what they were talking about. And then, so when you came along and spoke about it, it kind of validated it from two different points. So that's about the first time I heard about that. So that that would have been 2012, 11. 
maybe I think uh, it, was, it was 2012, right at the end of 2000. Yeah, 2011. And so it was funny. I remember that day because I brought my laptop and I treated it like a almost PowerPoint presentation, where I like put my laptop on your TV and I put Bitcoin wisdom up there and showed you like, hey, this is the charts, this is the hash rates and. This is how much computer processing power is behind this. Like, this is real stuff. It's, mm-hmm. and I just remember the only response I got was a dead room, and Kanye, your wife, she goes, "Yeah, but what if they just make it illegal?" And I was like, uh... "Yeah, that's what I, was <laughs> I had a hard time kind of digesting the fact that <clears throat> the money in the banking sector would just take that laying down, that their value would be diminished, and the whole cycle of things, but." So I figured they would inf- they would pull the right strings and get the right barriers to entry set up to where that would have a hard time getting off the ground. But I guess I was kind of wrong about that. So it's funny you say that. So immediately when Bitcoin is proposed as like an idea, then he just spilled beer all over his shirt. God damn it! <laughs> so originally. <sighs> When Bitcoin was proposed as an idea, it seems absurd, right? That the banks are just going to relinquish this power that they have over money. But if you look historically, the only way they've ever been able to staunch that is because it was a central thing. So they made it illegal, right, for someone to print money. Like, you can't say, hey, I'm tired of dollars. I'm going to print $8 and start handing them out in my neighborhood. And we're not going to go to the grocery store. We're going to go to this person down the street that grows their groceries they grow all their things in their backyard and and then we're gonna go to johnny on the other corner street and he's an electrician and mm-hmm. he can pull energy off the grid for the community and we're gonna have our own little community here it would be like a week before the government was like you can't print your own money you're done you are done but the thing that bitcoin right. is different is it's decentralized. there's nobody saying like this is the money that i'm distributing out it's an entire global network of machines communicating to distribute this currency out. So you, if you're a government, you can go shut down one node, but can you shut down the thousands of nodes that are out distributed all across the planet? And I can spark up a node in my phone while we do this interview right now. Well, yeah, I mean, and even <laughs> like the conversation, I think for a lot of people, the conversation just kind of floats um, Floats over 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 a layman's head just because you guys use a lot of vernacular. That's that that is. If you were tuned in to what's going on with digital currency all the time, then you would be up on the trade speak, so to speak. But a lot of times, when you guys when when people start talking about this topic, the person that doesn't know really what's going on with it gets lost in just less so like. Even though we have working ideas of and concepts of how things work, it's uh, oftentimes those con- these conversations tend to float over our head a little bit because we don't really qu- quite grasp what what you're what you're what you're meaning by what you're saying. Um, so, so I guess I would say like Give me an example. So, for instance, like um, like in the in a traditional person's mind, like you earn money, you save first, whether that be for a rainy day fund or whatever, like. You, you try to financially plan so that, you know, in case any emergencies happen, and then you start doing savings and investing, and you're just kind of trusting the common knowledge about how you build your assets over time. And it just seems, I guess I would say that Bitcoin is interesting just because it's so new that it's, it's the promise is that it's going to replace basic currency of exchange and I guess uh, in my mind I'm thinking that there are going to be traumatic forces that resist that change in every aspect but it kind of seems like I was maybe misguided on that thought and, and it seems like people are just more adopting it than they are resisting it so that's that's kind of what opened up my mind to it but when you guys talk about it a lot of times it's in terms that we're not familiar with so therefore the connections don't Okay, because you guys are well versed in what you're talking about. What? What are we gonna like? So I think for most folks are not as technically savvy, 
So they they get lost when the conversation gets more technical in the far as as far as what the technology is doing actively. Mm-hmm. They have a hard time fo- like I have a hard time even following. I mean, I think it's cybersecurity, but I'm not quite sure what the end product. There's a level of that. Yeah, I'm not quite. That's where I think where people can't make the connect. Most folks struggle to make a connection, but so. I <laughs> not sponsored by Old Spice. That's my ringtone. Fuck that. We are sponsored by Old Spice. Oh, I, uh, I'm not saying I am. <laughs> so I'm not saying that. Let's try and um. Okay, so when we talk about Bitcoin, it's it's a very unique thing because it's not just money, it's not just an investment, and it's not just technology. It's all three at once. So when you have something that is like a trifold chimera of a idea being just dropped on humanity there's gonna be a lot of confusion right so let's talk about what makes it cash so what makes a good cash to you uh i would say is a medium of exchange medium of exchange right? right yeah so if i had a great super duper printer that could print one dollar bills that look just like the one dollar bills you give to the gas station clerk down the street would that be a great cash one more time so like if i could if i had the ability to make dollar bills to make bills that were identical and felt the same same weight same whatever as the cash that you use greenbacks would that make for a good cash if you were making it yourself if i could count it uh, if yeah, until you get caught, until then, it caught be, right? then it would be then it would be disastrous. Of, yeah, there's <laughs> there's a disastrous of, fallout. It would be a bad. Don't do it. Me, right? Do not do that. So if we go and we take the clocks and we take our bag even further, right? So people used to use sand at one point as currency, right? But what's to keep me, right. the savvy criminal, from saying? Oh, you guys are using sand? I know this Some spot. Some people usually use interpersonal relations as a currency of exchange. Some fa- as a matter of fact, I think really? that's still going on. Interpersonal? Oh, you're talking about? Interpersonal. You're talking about In interpersonal relationships. Oh, you're talking about escorts? Yeah. Well, nevertheless, right? People use sand as currency. People use salt as currency. People mm-hmm. use flowers as currency, right? But as soon as you get a criminal in the system, he's going to go like, Oh, I know this beach nobody really knows about. I can get this sand that looks really cool, and I'll start submitting that as payment for services rendered, and I can just live for free. Like, it's bad cash if it can be counterfeited. What makes our cash kind of bad now is that it takes us a lot of money to make it uncounterfeitable. So that's just a cost on the citizens, right? Like, you're putting all this technology into making this piece of paper not counterfeitable, when people are still counterfeiting it out of China, like, we know that. That's no secret. Like, mm. we got to upgrade our money all the time because eventually, a little bit of time, somebody figures out how to copy it and then we got counterfeit problems. Nevertheless, right, that's that's me putting on the tin cap a little bit, but cash is basically a medium exchange. So what makes Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, a good medium exchange is because it's uncounterfeitable. You cannot count. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. I was talking about that at one point. Right, it's a digital, uniquely thing because of cryptography, because of these technologies that have swirled together to make this beautiful, non-counterfeitable, digital, unique thing. So the very obvious first application you have with that is, oh, we should make this money, right? If it's rare, if there's only going to be so many of them, and each bit of it is unique, then we probably should make this some sort of medium exchange. I'm, if you give me this, just because we're talking about we're in the room, if you give me this awesome monitor, I'll give you this unique set of things that represents the value of that monitor, right? And you can now go to someone else and say, hey, check it out. That system that you partake in, I have this much of that unique set of that system. And I want to give you this for whatever thing that you have. It's pretty much money at a very basic Everyone's agreeing to speak the same language. Mm -hmm. And so that's Bitcoin as a cash and why it's a cash and why these things are cash. It's digitally unique and verifiably to anyone who wants to go and look that it's unique. So what makes it an investment? That's luck of the draw. It won't be an investment. In fact, if 
don't know. Do you think it's a good investment? I hope it is. <laughs> put some money in it. So we made we made a financial commitment. So absolutely, I hope it is. You know, like it. Like I said, a lot of the stuff is kind of. Um, it's just hard for somebody to conceptualize a world without a nation-based driven monetary system. That's asking a lot. For a lot of people's minds, maybe I think that's more than they can bite off or chew. So, I'll take it. It's just hard, you know what I mean? People want to, people, especially these days, people kind of decide what they want to, they make their mind up on something and you can't, you can't shake them off. You're absolutely right. They, they, they grasp onto these ideas. I'll say it's the worst in our country. We're American for you guys who aren't listening here, but it's the worst for us because we don't travel. We don't do stuff. Everything is generally awesome. And I'm not saying that like to boast or brag, but I mean, everything is generally awesome. We don't leave. We have, if you compare our education system, I know the stats say a lot of bullshit, but we educate everyone, and we have one of the best higher education systems on the planet, if not the best, the most graduates, the most postgraduates on the planet. Like, everything's great here. Why leave, right? But in other places, it's not great. Like, there's Venezuela, there's Venezuela, Venezuela, how do you say that word? Uh, I believe it's Venezuela. Venezuela. Right? There's places in Africa that... And this guy grew up in Texas, by the way, so not knowing how to how to say something in Spanish is... I don't know. This guy's, <laughs> this guy's might might call into the show and check him on that. This guy's acting like he doesn't know how to say it. Venezuela. Venezuela. He ain't still messing it up. I think I might be messing up a little bit. Not as bad as you. But anyways, no, I think I, I get your point. And it's true. Like, we... The education system here is nice. I mean, it... it is, I mean, I'm in it now, so I can't... I have nothing negative to say about it. I mean, I mean, it. You can complain about everything, but at the end, it's it's a great. It's yeah. a, there's great opportunities around you. We so. complain, but at the same time, like we can go to the gas station. We have ten different types of water to choose from, not just two, brown or clean. Like I mean, it's pretty right, good right, here, right. and so we don't travel much. We don't get to experience other cultures much. But there's a lot of places on the planet where they can't trust their nation state. Yeah, you know, that's one of those things, man. Where I always encourage a, a lot of American citizens don't challenge, don't push themselves to travel much, but getting outside of the country can really give you a a, a lot more perspective. Um, that's for sure. That's all I'll say about that. I mean, we grew up. We were fortunate. We grew up military, so um, we were exposed to that at a young age. But I always encourage people to get out and see the world and gain some ex- extra perspective because. It really kind of helps frame your, 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 your uh, frame of. Th- it helps to frame what you, th- what, how you see things. That's yeah. all. That's my plug on that. But, anyways, but not yeah. enough people in the United States travel outside of the United States. That's all I'll say. They should. They should do it. And, and and you know what I'd say is from from a monetary standpoint, we're spoiled. Like and there's, I can sign up for three credit cards right now and get approved for them right now. Let me be from, like, I don't know, not America and try to do that, or not Great Britain or not Japan and try to do that. It's not going to be that easy to get that much access to finances, right? And so in countries specifically like Venezuela, like, they can't trust their government anymore. Their government is handing them a bunch of toilet paper. And they're mm-hmm. like, we can't even spend this at the grocery store. So that's a very unique case I like to bring up. They're actually using Bitcoin on the black market to survive. Like, they're shipping in groceries. Right, right, right. Just so, because they have to buy groceries from the black market just right. to survive. And that's kind of so, the stigma that I think it's kind of associated with it just as a layman. Um, it seems like it's the currency for people that are doing things they shouldn't do. It helps with that. You know, and I guess, I don't know if you sit, you sit on one way or the, you sit on one side or the other with it. It still kind of is there that people perceive it in that light. That is a convenient medium of exchange for the... For the baddies. For the, yeah, for so, the... Yeah, so that's anything new. Like, this is a sad fact, but it's true. And that's criminals are typically smarter than the average citizen, right? They've got to be two steps ahead. They've got to be witty, and they've got to kind of lead that, like, 
It takes the bank to build a super duper high security vault. It takes the criminal to figure out how to crack it or build the tools to figure out how to crack it. So, yeah, Bitcoin had a shady start because obviously no one knew what the hell was going on at all. But I can tell you what has been happening recently. The guy that sold, I think it was like $500 million of Bitcoin from that one exchange, Mt. Gox, that guy got tracked down. Uh, People that tried to money launder through exchanges have been tracked down. What I'm saying is is that the law enforcement is quickly catching up to something that they realize is a reality and building the tools to catch the baddies. And so I actually wrote a blog and I posted this last week because I found it out of the blue. And that technologies are morally agnostic, right? You don't blame the hammer for the baddie that bludgeoned someone with the hammer. You blame the baddie. And at the same time, you don't blame the hammer for the craftsman who builds a wonderful, beautiful home. You, you blame the craftsman for a better, you know, lack of a better choice. The craftsman gets the credit. So for the media who's clearly got some sort of agenda with deep pockets to push this narrative that Bitcoin is a terrible, it's only for bad people, bad people use Bitcoin, that's bullshit. Bitcoin is just a technology, it's morally agnostic. This saxophone we're sitting right next to is a technology. You can go outside right now and beat somebody over the head with it and take them out. No one's gonna say that saxophone is bad and it's for bad people. Like, (laughs) it's just not true. So that is a very, very clear narrative that's being built, but it's a very clear narrative that is unsustainable because I was a damn school teacher and I was using Bitcoin just fine to buy goods and services. Yeah, That's an unsustainable narrative. Yeah, you know, I I guess it's just... At the end of the day, like most, fo- that it's still until it ado- until it gets a what more wider scale usage, then it's kind of at the mercy of whatever it's being picture framed as. There's going to be some people that are skeptical of it, just because of the fact that it it has known to be a medium of exchange in that arena that's difficult to track down. That's it has that it that that is true whether or not you. You, there's what whether how you however you view that it still yeah. doesn't take the fact the way that it's, it's true and so I think that uh, perception is reality right yeah. exactly so it's one of those things where people that are trying to police these transactions are going to speak up adamantly against them because it makes their job easier to do honestly yeah you know, it's hard I, I I would imagine I'm not gonna I'm not obviously I'm not in law enforcement but I can imagine that they. I can imagine that there will be some forces out there that, like, you know, the current money is just fine. We just need to keep, we don't need to get lost in the ethos of digital currency. Like, but I mean, it kind of seems inevitable. And, like, if that's what people are, if pe- once people are using it to exchange, people are using it to exchange, what can you do? Like, yeah. So, you know, they've been trying to, they've been trying to stop. They've been trying to stop people from using their bodies as a medium of exchange for a long time. Mm-hmm. They just went off and and it just places. can't be locked down. So whatever you, whatever you say, you know what I mean. You, Amsterdam was like, nah, no, yeah, no, we're yeah. tired of fighting it. Let's whatever. just tax it. But, so yeah. So mm. let me ask you some more questions, right? So you said there's some technical aspects. So we talked. We we kind of like gone into the cash realm. We've gone into an investment realm. Um, Investing is a matter of time. So, we, I mean, the only difference between, I think, a good investor or a bad investor is timing. It happens things. Right? I think, well, no, that's not really true. I think when it comes to risky investments, yes. When it comes to just typically trying to generate wealth for yourself, there's a very smart way to go about that. Right? Go on the stock market, diversify, put money into it. That's really all you got to do. Right? Choose a finish line, put money into it. Every once in a while, you realize you've got, oh, holy shit, I've got all this money built up. Let me see if I can just take a chunk of it and put it into something else real quick. Oh, crap, it worked. Cool. Like, that's, I'm really dumbifying that, but that's pretty much the basic strategy of investing to grow your wealth. Grow it up, diversify. Grow it up, diversify. Grow it up, diversify. Build a tree. So, the technology aspect. You say some of the things we discuss... Are there any, so 
If I were to give you the definition of Bitcoin, and I'm going to try to do it in a way that I don't get slaughtered by my audience. Uh, there's some words that in there that kind of trigger like, oh, I don't too much know what that is. I need some clarity there. So when I say a decentralized ledger, is there anything there that... Decentralized, what do you mean? A like, decentralized it, You're just ledger. saying it's basically a medium of exchange with no... Like it's... Like you... you I, I I understand what you're meaning. Meaning, like it's not like the U.S. dollar is centralized here, or currency that's that's cha- traded in a certain area set by like governments and society, basically. Like, so there is no. Yeah, that's pretty what, much yeah. right. So like, centralized. That's what I mean. Like Bank of America has a ledger with everyone's inputs and outputs on it. Only they have it. Just them. Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay, yeah. Decentralized yeah. on the on the bank on the banking side, true. Yeah, decentralized for us, for me and you, for Bitcoin and why it's a public good. I believe is that it we're all looking at the same ledger. I have a copy of the ledger. You got a copy of the ledger. This guy next door, I don't know what's his name. I wouldn't put his name out on the streets, but anyways, your neighbors they have a copy of the ledger. Every system that is hooked up to this network has a copy of the ledger. It's a much different idea than just this bank is the only thing powerful enough to secure this ledger of value. Nope. Everyone has a copy of the ledger. And all that value is secured with all these computers that are mining to secure it. Mm. So, from a technical aspect, just why I keep faith in it, right? Because really, ultimately, the only thing that keeps a monetary system afloat is the faith in the system, right? Right. If tomorrow, for whatever crazy reason, it's never going to happen, but for whatever crazy reason, half of the United States decided, I don't want to use greenbacks. I want to use redbacks. I don't trust greenbacks anymore. I want red-tinted money then there would be a big problem because that's a faith-based decision. That's a, I do not trust that, so I'm not going to use that. Like, if I try to go somewhere right now and spend, what is, was it Zimbabwe that had the terrible inflation or was it Kenya? I think it was Kenya, actually. No, it was Zimbabwe. It was Zimbabwe that had the terrible inflation? Mm-hmm. If I try to go somewhere and spend a Zimbabwe dollar right now, they're going to go, yeah, I don't too much trust that, so you're going to need to... Ex- you're right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and so faith is truly the only thing. So with Bitcoin, the reason why I keep faith in it is that there's like, one, it's the largest computer network that's ever existed on the planet doing one thing, securing this network, securing this ledger. And it's gamified in such a way that it's not financially, it's not a financial advantage to you to try and cheat the system. You're just going to be pouring money down the drain. So you're actually incentivized to just contribute. What's the point in a government? If you were running the show right now, if you're President Nate, mm-hmm. and you're running the show, could you go to your constituents and say, hey guys, there's this currency thing that's popping up, and we need to spend about $10 million every 10 minutes to fight it. But not just fight it. Just get the opportunity to fight it. Every 10 minutes that starts over, and it gets more expensive every month. So this month is going to be 10 million, but next month it's going to be like 15 or 20 million every 10 minutes. And it's going to be really costly, but we need this. How is it easy? How easy is it going to be for you to get your constituents to say, yeah, sure, spend that money? Right, yeah. <laughs> it's not, right? It's like, it's, it's, that's kind of the beauty of the technology. It's a computer science breakthrough is that you just can't game the system. You can't. And it's been running now since 2009. I don't know why I looked at my watch. It's running since 2008, 2009, somewhere there. With people trying, actively trying to game the system, and they can't. Like, it's not like people... That's the thing why I support Bitcoin and these other currencies that are kind of more mature now, is that, like, it's not like people aren't trying to hack it. It's not like they're not trying every day. It's just that they're just getting kicked off the network and the network's like nah mm, not gonna work that's not a that's not a good transaction that's not a good block 
orphan block, rejected block, orphan block, rejected block. That happens every day. People trying to get into the system, siphon value. Yeah, so what the what do you mean by orphan block? I don't know what oh, you're okay, talking good. about. Oh, good. This is a good point. So an orphan block, right? So this blockchain thing that you keep hearing about. Really, all the thing, the only thing that goes into this block are transactions, right? So if you send money to me, it goes into a memory pool of a pool of transactions that are waiting to get into a block. Once the transaction is in the block, it's provable that it, it happened, right? We can't physically go to a third party, and that's why it eliminates the third party. We can't go to a third party and say, hey, look, mm -hmm. we made this agreement until it's in a block, right? So once it gets in a block, it's on it's on the blockchain. And each block that comes has a piece of the previous block before it. So you've got this chain of blocks, okay. and you call it a blockchain. That's it. An orphan block is somebody who found a block. So let's rewind just a little bit. Miners are competing, playing one giant game, one giant number crunch game to get a number small enough in, in a mathematic algorithm, a number small enough that says that the algorithm says, congratulations, you've won the ability to put these transactions in this block. You've won the ability to build this block of transactions. So if you're putting all of your computer processing power towards building a block and you don't build it fast enough, your block is orphaned. So you could have built the block that matched the block that everyone else agreed was right. Because as soon as you say, I got the block, I won the prize, here's the new block, all the other computers in the system now check your work with an algorithm called proof of work. They need to see the work that your computation did to build that block. And mm -hmm. once they all check it and they're like, yeah, that's a good block, that's secure, no, no malicious anything, that's a good block, boom, it's on the blockchain. If your computer processing was too slow, you've got an orphan block. The mm. network will ignore it. Or if you submit a block that shows any malicious intent that doesn't agree with the rest of the computation, they look at your proof of work and they say, wait a second, you added a two when you should have added a three. And all of these thousands mm. of computers are disagreeing with you. That's a rejected block. That doesn't count. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, I mean that definitely put some clarity on it. I, I always was kind of I was always kind of confused by those terms. But yeah. And so that's that's kind of what gives it the security thing is that all these computers are basically putting their energy at stake to be the people that win this new Bitcoin, win the ability to put a new group of rows in this ledger. Right, because if you're taking these transactions, people said that they did this, and you take them and you verify them, you're actually adding entries into this ledger. You're saying, okay, Bobby took some money out of his Bitcoin and he gave it to Alice, and now she's got an input of this much and he has an output of that much. It's a new row in the ledger. Mm. And then all the other computers verify that that happened. And that happens every 10 minutes. The more computers that get on this network, the more difficult it becomes to add a block. The more money you got to spend to add a block. So it's this huge kind of, like it takes game theory, it takes computer science, it takes economics and puts it all in one package and says, boom, here's a money you can trust that you don't need a government to distribute because all of this energy from all these different parties that are all competing to win, they're all greedy. They're not working together. If I'm mining and you're mining, we're not on a team. So there are mining pools, but they all compete with each other. Mm. So, if you wanted to create it, you can't create it anymore. Do I understand that correct? Create Bitcoin? Mm -hmm. Yes, you can. But I mean, it's gotten to the point where it's not, you can't you just set up a computer and mine it. Yeah, mining it is so, not very profitable. So it's just basically the, this, there's a, I guess my question would be is who's creating it? Like it's decentralized enough to trust. So if you can look and you see the distribution of people that are 
mining. But I mean, like, who's creating? Like, it's, who's? It's the algorithm that's so. That's, that's what. That's what question. I guess that's I don't understand. How is it created? Right. Who's, sure. Who's putting new Bitcoin into the circulation? Yeah. How's it getting created now? Because it used to be just people with computers at their home, right? Like, just like. Still the same, right? Okay. There's still people mining it. It's just not people. There's a few. I wouldn't say nobody. Like some people have their computers turned on. They're like, oh, I love Bitcoin so much. I just want to contribute computer processing power. I don't care if I'm paying extra thirty dollars a month in my electricity bill. I just want it to secure it. Whatever. If you want to make money in mining nowadays, you gotta have a lot of money. Build a big ass factory. Put a bunch of GPUs. So who's doing? Who's doing that? Like all who? over the planet, man. But who? Like people, like miners. And of of that group of people, they're the most like. There's a couple I can name. There's a Jihan. There's a uh, Bobby Lee. There's 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 a few dozen that you can just name off the top of your head that are have done really well and been mining for a long time. And they're open about it. Some miners aren't. Some miners don't want people to know that they're mining because if they're successful, think about it. They're bringing in 12 and a half Bitcoin several times a day. That's They're bringing in 36 grand several times a day. Okay. So, and, and as a consumer, like what, how do you, so you, I've seen you use it for transactions before. So how, if you have a like an app on your phone, basically you can use that to to. So if you so if you have Bitcoin, um, I, I guess it seemed like investing in it was kind of um, not a smooth process at first for me, and then also I'm not quite sure how to use use it as current like. You, so you can go to the store and just purchase things with this, basically. I've seen you do that. Is it limited to all vendors or like how does that? Depends on how you go about it. So I have a shift card. When I want to make a real purchase, I'll use my shift card, which is just like a company that has an agreement with Visa, that has an agreement with Coinbase that says whenever I swipe this card, I'm going to send, if it's for $3.50 candy bar, that's a huge candy, whatever. If I swipe my card, I'm going to take that much amount of Bitcoin send it to this company shift, they're gonna have that value, then they're gonna ping Visa and Visa's gonna allow the transaction to go through. And how long does it's it take automated. for a transaction to usually turn that, that part is automated. So for, if you're using like raw business. So how much, does, how, how much time does it take? That's what I'm asking. Like how much time does it take for that transaction to turn around? That's an instantaneous transaction. So it's just like using a debit card. Yes, yeah, that, that, okay. is, that is an instantaneous thing. That's not even really using Bitcoin, honestly. That's like putting a bunch of horses in front of a Lambo. So who's on the hook if that Bitcoin transaction doesn't come through and you have the good? Like, but it hasn't happened yet. Who's on the hook? Mm, so what do you mean if the Bitcoin transaction doesn't go through? Like, so Bitcoin you say it's instant. Like, so I'm thinking to myself, I swipe this card or money pass or whatever, Swift pass. And I get my candy bar, and they're paid. I'm good, and I walk out of the store, or I leave, and I all of a sudden, and that. Tra- so it would if it doesn't. Tra- if the transaction does not go through, it goes through immediately. Is that what you're saying? Though? Like, it would just be denied so transaction. I know what you're saying. You're saying that somebody. So <coughs> I know you know that the Bitcoin network slowed down like a few weeks ago. Sure. That has that happens when it gets congested. So as a consumer. I believe the consumer doesn't hold the risk. It's between the agreement that Visa has with Shift. But if I'm... So, again, I'll go back to the question. If I'm a consumer and I use this card... And Coinbase or Shift is assuming the risk of the transaction. So the transaction will complete. The transaction is complete because it's running through the Visa network. Gotcha. Okay, so so that, so that then they'll fig, they'll sort it all out on the back they end of who's get... Coinbase gets, and Shift sort that. You, the consumer, don't have to worry. Yeah, that's, that's if you use yeah. a shift card. See, I think a lot of people just want to know how these transactions are taking some place. Do, right? yeah. so, so to answer your question there, typically it takes 10 minutes for you to get one conference. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen you use it to buy stuff, so it seems like it goes through pretty quickly. Typically it does. Sometimes when it got real congested like a month or two back, it's just like so many people are trying to use it and... Everything's theoretical with this 
The theoretical max is seven transactions per second. There's a lot of people on the planet, right? So that's why there's been this huge push for like scaling Bitcoin and changing the way it works so we can get more transactions per second because Visa alone is doing 100,000 transactions per second around Christmas time. And that's your, that's your capacity, right? That's as high as you're gonna get. So that's what you wanna aim for. And if Bitcoin is doing seven, and Visa Network is doing hundreds of thousands, you got a lot of room for growth, right? <laughs> like a lot of room for growth. Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't take away from the fact that I think a trillion dollars is, I think has been transmitted through the Bitcoin network so far. But um, that's a little bit of the technical side. So not diving too deep into the technical side. But yeah, I think it just, I mean, it, it just needs to be a map by the Bitcoin community. It needs to be a massive campaign to, 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 to let just, it's, it just seems to me like Bitcoin is accepted here. It needs to be everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, so people will just know what that is. Cause your average consumer will just be curious about it just from the branding the visible branding they don't know what it is but if they see that this is accepted here like american express or something something like that then that, that'll lead people to ask more questions mm -hmm. if they don't see that like i remember it was gaining it when i knew it was gaining some traction was when i would see that out like obviously i'm not in the community um i i do uh or i haven't been in the the community near on the level that you have but when it was starting to gain, when it really started to gain traction with me, was when I was seeing it as a accepted as a medium of exchange in stores I was going to. Mm -hmm. And I and I just my my general feeling is that I've kind of seen that die down a little bit, and I'm not quite sure what what that's about. Yeah. So that has died down. There's no way around that. That's died down because honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. I can, why, if I were a well, small business, I guess I would say, in my opinion, it, I, I, and I could be wrong, but this is just the way I think about it. It's everything. It shut down for some reason. It shut down for a reason, and I, and I think that the reason might be that, that that a lot of these these stores rely on these merchants, and they know that that, you know, if that if they if they see that you're accepting that. And that becomes a. I'm sure they're not. That's not going to go blind. People are going to recognize that, you know. And I, and I think that the reason why that's gone away is perhaps maybe these merchants have had a say in what the, what these business, these businesses are doing with when it comes to the money flow or or transaction flow. Now I could be wrong, completely way off base with that. But things don't. In my experience, things don't just go away. So they've gone away here, but there's places where they've actually increased. And that's okay. the thing about Bitcoin is it's global. It's a computer talking about People need to see that, though. There's a reason. I wonder. I'm curious. It'd be interesting to know why that's gone. It'd so, be interesting to know that. Why Why yeah, have we seen less? But, I mean, what would what, what what factors would even factor into that? Like, could you contemplate? Like, There's a lot. Because that's where the metal meets the meat, right? I mean, you, you consumers need to know that they can use that. If they don't see that they can visibly use that in a store, yeah. then... Then it takes away the cash aspect of it and just makes it strictly an investment, right? Because then, one, Bitcoin wins the game when it comes to rails to send value on. Banks' technology sucks. And now it's at a point where they're just like, oh, well, we're just going to make put all these legal barriers around our very antiquated technology to keep doing what we do, business as usual. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't work. And Blockbuster has proven that to the world. Yeah, but it I mean, exactly, so, exactly. So it but takes away the cash aspect. But that, but I would say that that is a service. Like that's a different categorization. Then you're talking strictly medium of exchange here. If well, we I, as a consumer, board. do not know that I can use that medium of exchange in this location, you know, it almost seems like there's a little bit of honest on the on the. It almost seems like the 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 people like for instance Walmart. If Walmart let everybody know that they accept that as a medium of exchange, like in a grandiose fashion, I don't know if they do or not. But I'm just saying, like, if the pub, if it seems like if more people knew that you could use it to buy stuff, mm -hmm. then you would be it would be a 
you'd be that would that you would see it take off. I'm not, I'm not I'm not understanding why that's not the goal. So here, it's definitely not the goal. In other places, what? Japan, oh, so you say like Korea, just, oh, India, good. like there's other places where people are doing that and they see that and they 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 see it. Hmm. Like the ball, like the global volume. There's a, there's a website I could actually show you. I believe it's called um, Coin Dance. Um, they've had some issues recently with their charts not showing the right stuff. But before, like the last month, until all this bullshit started happening, they were giving you accurate volumes from across the globe. It's not just U.S. volume. So this shit's happening everywhere. And so, well, I think that's I think that's just the thing. Like, I think that's where you. It, it it has a feeling like you know it's like this is a thing, this is a thing, this is a thing, and you say that to somebody who is not seeing that they can buy stuff with it. They need. I, I, that's just I think I I hope that 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 they can overcome that hurdle because I think it'll explode here. I'm not talking about everywhere else. I mean here, it'd be nice to see that, especially now that you've now that you've put. You've you've backed it with some of your personal, but you'd like to. I mean, be interesting to see why what factors are stopping it from being, just like you see. I mean, obviously, uh, American Express has a major campaign to let you know where you can and cannot spend that. Why can't you spend American Express in some? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's obviously some interest that's tied up that lets you. I don't know. It'd be interesting to know that. That's all I'm saying. Like, I think that if everybody knew Bitcoin accepted here, Bitcoin accepted here, Bitcoin, like, even if you could buy gas, if it was there, if it was the image of it was everywhere, it, it seems to me like making it as visible as the dollar is accepted here. Like, the dollar. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. I mean, if you could do that, then you're in there. But it, 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 even if it was a small orange circle with a little. Oh, just so people. That no, I know, but I just people don't. It's not a visual, visually yeah. recognizable. There's a disconnect. I feel. Mm-hmm. I I've perceived, because like, I remember yeah. thinking, "Oh man, this is about to go on, get go down." When I was seeing that, people were posting that out. But it seems like the um, locations that I go that are posting that actively are decreasing it, and I think that will give some. That I would say that gives. The average person some pause as to whether or not it's gaining traction as a medium exchange. There's a lot of reasons for that. A lot of it's a chicken egg egg chicken kind of situation, where like businesses would see a, a sharp increase in Bitcoin purchases. They're like, "Oh crap!" There's these Bitcoin people coming out of the woodworks to support me, and it would die down, right? So a lot of that is like an education factor. Like no one has it. Like less than probably one percent of the population has it. So if you say you accept Bitcoin, you're only going to get less than 1% of the population to come out and spend it. So why keep accepting it? And you've got to train your people on how to accept it. And you've got to train your people on what it is and what it does. It's like, if I'm a business and I'm going for just one less than 1% of the population, that's a bad business unless that less than 1% is like owns castles. And I'm selling them stuff they need for their castle. Like, <laughs> like that's, mm-hmm. you know, like businesses are going to naturally stop if they're like, look, man, it takes me like an hour a week to train Jessica over here to figure out how to, what it means when a transaction gets into a block and, and figure out how to educate these consumers, like get out of here. I'm just going to keep going with PayPal. That's about as far as I'm going to reach for these people. I just want my money. So there, there could be a lot of factors. I'm just speculating, obviously. Mm. So let's see. I ask you. Let me see if I can ask you some more questions. Um, are you happy with your Ethereum purchase? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a little. Um, there's a little volatility, like maybe a couple weeks into it, but. The immediate growth was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I really think it's it's. I mean, obviously, I think it's gonna be it's gonna work out. Especially with, I, I also kind of pick up on these hints of um, of, of the obvious hints of cybersecurity becoming more of an issue, and I know that the, a lot of this is tied up into that. So, if I'm understanding that correctly, so centralized yeah. data storage is not a good way to go moving forward. It's just not gonna be 
ideal. It's going to cost you more money to like, okay, let me take all these people's data and like mm-hmm. put it on a bunch of like Blu-rays and store that in a warehouse and make sure nobody has access to the outlets and pay people a lot of money to know where stuff goes and what. Like, that's costly. That's just cost on top of cost on top of cost. And it's only going to get worse as we're, more people are introducing data. Hell, we got our five-year-old cousin's daughter on Facebook putting pictures on pictures on pictures on pictures on pictures on pictures on Facebook every day. So it's like, okay, like, what? where's all this data going to go? Who's holding this stuff? So that's an obvious use case, but it's been a long interview a jazzy one you can turn it up you can turn it up but are there any saying, yeah, I don't know, could, but. is there <laughs> is there anything you still feel that's like yeah I don't know how that works I don't care or you have the point now where you're like oh, I think it's gonna work or I don't know if it's gonna work or not, but uh, I think I'm at the point that I have faith in it. I'll have more faith in I. Ha- I do have faith in it. Um, as soon as it was like it's publicly traded, right? And then I, that's that's a big. I, I have faith in it. I, I just wish I would like to, I would like to see there be a campaign for more of its usage um, adopted, and I think that would really you know that's just in my opinion on that. But uh, but no, like I I I want to know more about it. And, I definitely think I'll be getting more of it because it's been I've been getting a nice return on it, a lot better return on it than some of my other stuff. So, um, but yeah, more power to it, and I'm I'm glad you're doing what you're doing, and I'm an advocate, that's for sure. All right, well, that's it. Play the outro, or you want to say that? Play the out, play. Play the outro. Play the outro. <laughs> Thank you.